Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 28, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we have Kabuki Theater behind us. I kind of hate when Kabuki Theater's on deck or on the docket because it's always waiting on the Fed all that rhetoric leading up to it, and at the end of the day, they never do anything. Nobody expects them to do anything, yet we have to wait on the Fed. It is what it is. That's a little sidecar soapbox action for you right out of the chute. Let's pull back in our lane and look at the daily chart. Is anything jumping off the page? What can we say about the daily chart? Well, first and foremost, the trend is your friend until what? Until she throws you out of any window. So what are they doing? Well, near the highs, for the last four days, they're just eating time off the clock. What does that mean? It means she's building energy to make another push higher. What takes that off the table? Well, here's the way we have to look at it. It goes back to yesterday and how they came up short of filling the gap over here. They pulled up, they went back in the other direction. So if they came back down and they got below yesterday's low, A, The gap isn't the same as it was yesterday. First time, best time. We're not interested in sloppy seconds. And when they come close, that counts as at least trying to run the test. Doesn't mean the gap won't hold price and bounce right off of it. It's just not the same opportunity as it was before they came close and bounced away. That's the way it works. So back to the question. What takes the whole building energy for another leg or push higher off the table Getting below yesterday's low, closing hourly below yesterday's low, opening tomorrow's session below yesterday's low, anything like that has us looking in the other direction. And by the way, what's the 448.90 to 450.24 on the deck for? Because in a melt-up type of situation, or as long as the market continues to push higher, we've identified that zone, namely the 450.24 is actually the number. It's got some nuance to it. We explained how it was derived the other night. And so if the market begins to really push higher, that's actually a legitimate target. So from a daily chart perspective, that's really all we have at present. What do we have on other charts? The 240 chart. We have to pay attention to this now. It's going to come up again inside the numbers for good reason. We had a breakdown candle and therefore we had a breakdown candle high We talked about it last night. You'll see it was discussed ad nauseum inside the numbers today. It was at 439.94. We're calling it 440 for rounding purposes. What did they do today? They made an attempt to get over it. They failed. They were rejected once again at the breakdown candle high. That doesn't mean they can't or won't bust through it tomorrow. Maybe they gap over it tomorrow. We don't know until we know But that's what happened today. So we had the identifier. What's the identifier? The important spot, the important number for good reason. A number is a number is a number sometimes. But when you have an understanding of what represents the area, why the number's important, it gives you a different sense of what's going on in the market. A la, you have an understanding of how the market works. You have a different comfort level. You have a different approach to the market. Then you have a different approach 
to trading. So here on the 240 chart, we could do the same thing we did on the daily chart and say, basically, they're eating time off the clock in the upper end near the highs, just going back and forth, building energy for another move higher. That's absolutely a truism. But what's also a truism is that the market made a breakdown candle high and it's trading inside the breakdown candle high. And until it gets above and closes on this chart, a 240 minute candle above, then all it's doing is trading inside of a breakdown candle high. And until it goes above or closes above, then we're looking downward. So you have one of those patterns inside of a pattern on our hands. And when you go down to a 120 minute chart, it actually changes the picture even slightly. Why is that? Well, because on this chart, what really jumps off the page at me is you have one of these wedgish patterns also along with the breakdown candle high. So in this chart, from a shorter time frame, shorter term perspective, forget about from all the way back here that creates from the daily chart the thing where they're just eating time off the clock from all the way back here when they first gapped up. Forget that for a minute, and let's just focus on the wedgish pattern inside of the breakdown candle high. So here, it even accentuates the point more. If they don't close a 120-minute candle above this breakdown candle high, then this wedge pattern wants to move lower into this 50-period moving average and maybe even lower than that. Remember yesterday when we discussed one of the reasons why we look at a variety of charts is we're looking for either divergences or confirmations even within the same stock or the same market, but on different charts. And here's a perfect example. The 240 chart and the 120 chart are really saying the same thing in terms of the breakdown candle high, but there's a different look, therefore I look at them differently. And then the hourly chart really has the look of the 120, it's the same type of situation. We're not really getting any new information that we haven't already discussed. Also, stay tuned because I had a really interesting email exchange with one of the Inside the Number members today. The topic didn't really start out this way, but it ended this way. It was really centered around, at least in part, a small part of market psychology and why we do what we do when we're in a trade. So I'm going to discuss that further when we go over some of the stocks on the move. It's a more appropriate time. You're going to get a glimpse inside my head in terms of what am I thinking in terms of from one trade to the next, when I'm in a trade. We're going to have a little bit of that discussion. I think it'll be interesting. Might as well get cracking inside the numbers anyway. Pay attention because there's really, really good stuff in here today. Sometimes it's not only about the numbers. Sometimes it's about gaining knowledge from what's said inside the numbers about how we're reading the market, what's the market telling us, what do we do with that information, what are people not seeing, all kinds of stuff. It was hump day. Wake up flat ahead of Kabuki Theater, no surprise there. The early thoughts. Today is the conclusion of the FOMC or Kabuki meeting. Normal stuff is for the market to stay rather quiet and tame leading up to the announcement. Think about what's being said here at zero dark 30, and then think about what actually happened after the fact. I'm putting stuff in your mind that you need to know to get ready for the day. 
It's the pregame warm-up routine. After the announcement, they'll whip around for a few minutes, then settle in. The volatility should remain heightened until the chairman's press conference is complete late afternoon. Same routine each time. As for the numbers, they're hanging around just under the big fat round number of 440. Remember from the video last night, the breakdown candle high. It was a few pennies below, but that's the same spot. So we start the day out, the pregame warm-up routine, we're already talking about the most important number on the board. We talk about what a failure would look like. We need to be the umpire. We need to call balls and strikes. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. Just another warning signal might be kind of quiet leading up to Kabuki Theater. It is what it is. Inside my head. Recall from last night's video, opening above or below the breakdown candle high means something. It's at SPY 439.94. Are they opening below to immediately run up and bust through? All that would happen before Kabuki, but they're below it in the pre-market? That seems unlikely. Or are they simply running a test this morning? I say they're running a test and will either eat time off the clock around the same place or they'll pull back sometime in the early morning shakeout operation. The point is, it should be overhead resistance around 440. You know the routine, right of the vertical, today's activity, five minute chart, 440 is the horizontal trend line on the screen. It was overhead resistance. They didn't quite get there right out of the gate this morning, and you see what happened. Instead of hanging around, eating time off the clock, running sideways, they ended up pulling back. It was always going to be overhead resistance. So you need to know that going into the day. 439 is important if they pull the rug out early. Below that, the door opens for 437.50. Right out of the gate, nice trade on spot. We'll get back to stocks on the move later. Check this one out at 937. There should be some support in front of or around 438 if reached on this push. After that is 437.50 which is where I would buy the SPY. 9.37 a.m. Now what do we have? How about 4.38.11 was the low after the post? Not before, after the post. In front of 4.38 was the comment. Apples? Yeah. The problem is, I wasn't a buyer at 4.38.11. I was a buyer at 4.37.50. But wait, there's more. Cutting to the chase... Instead of doing the 437.50 in the morning, when I would have been a willing buyer participant, they did it as a result of or coinciding with Kabuki Theater. So A, we know it was important because that's where whatever they said to drive the market to whatever it was doing to get to run the test they wanted to test, it was 437.50. That was support. 440 was overhead resistance, and there's your day on both sides of the equation. Unfortunately, they did it right around Kabuki Theater. I'm not buying it right around the announcement. That was what I wanted for a morning trading number. There's the 438 happened at 943. Second price on spot worked. We'll get back to those later. Here's a comment on Apple, and that's where the comment came in from the member. His name is Chad. He's very diligent. He shows up in uniform every day. We'll discuss the question when we go to the Apple chart. We're moving along. More on Apple. We'll discuss that later. More on Apple. We'll discuss that later. We're moving along. 
So now, a little bit of time passed, 10.11 a.m. Let's look at the thing from a distance. Clear out the noise, the short-term charts, the news, the media, the TV, all that stuff. What have they done? They ran a test in the neighborhood of the breakdown candle high, as discussed, and pulled back. Now they're just floating around, waiting on the Fed. That's it. Now, a little after 10 o'clock, I'm saying, is 437.50 still okay for a trade? The answer was yes, but as we know, they didn't do it till later. Let's see what else we have. Obviously, what I'd like you to do is pause the video, read the notes, and go back to the charts to double-check the work, and ask yourself if you think that this information can be of value to you during the trading day. IWM was bullish. Then I looked over, and what were they doing? They were running a test of 217.67. We'll get to the IWM later, but it's uncanny how the market was attracted to that number. We're moving along. Yeah, nothing going. Now we're waiting on the Fed again, waiting on Kabuki Theater. But in between, I wanted to throw some thoughts out there, so I think it's worthwhile to read this one. Let's talk trading the Fed, treating it as a business, and guessing. Guessing is taking a position before the Fed, anticipating a move in one direction or another with a self-inflicted made-up reason why. Fair enough if that's your cup of tea, as long as you know what you're doing and you don't leave yourself with the impression that your made-up reason why is actually a legitimate reason for a trade right in front of the Fed. Why? Because with the Fed, it's like an earnings announcement. They come out with a thing, and the market can go in one direction, and then a minute later, it's in the other direction, and the media has the reason why it turned around, but they needed to tell you that before it happened. Their reason why it turned around was a convenient excuse because it turned around. They don't realize that, but we realize that. So now we cover the real stuff. They're likely to whip around at some point this afternoon, pick a direction, and go. Whether it's on the FOMC announcement or based on the press conference, we won't know until we know. If they start pushing above 440 and closing candles above there, and that's important, not just running a test, peeking their head above, it's closing candles above. That's a pretty good sign they're going to do it again. What's again? New highs and not just by a penny or two. The awareness is Trick and Company will likely make it look like one thing or the other is happening first, issue a couple of pies in the face in the name of a shakeout operation. Remember when they went down to 437.50 right around the announcement? That was the shakeout operation. Sometimes it's a lot more, sometimes it's a lot more violent, but that's what it was today aka fake out, false breakout, false breakdown, all that stuff. This is awareness stuff that you need to know. After said shakeout, they'll start to go if they're going to go at all. It's all about the breakdown candle high. Again, from the onset this morning and last night all the way through the notes today, it's all about the breakdown candle high. We know where the important spot is. It needs to be focused on. I assure you, we'll look back tonight and discuss what happened as a result of the breakdown candle high. Exactly. All right, let's see what else we have. I think I'm going to leave it up to you to read the rest of the notes, go back to the charts, double check the work, pause the video. Again, there's good stuff in here. Look at all this stuff. I just don't want to spend the whole video reading you the notes. You can read the notes if you've got the interest level. I was interested in highlighting a few important things, like stocks on the move. Pretty healthy list today. Nine total opportunities on the board. 
They're not all going to hit their numbers once in a blue moon. They all will, but infrequently. The majority of the time, a handful will hit their numbers. In this case, four hit their numbers today, so we'll take a look at those charts. The first one we'll look at didn't hit its number, but I just wanted to show a heartbreaker just for the heck of it. 1938 on AU was the number, and you can see what happened. Came up short, but this was a nice rip-roaring rocket ride higher. Since we had the discussion on Apple in terms of the market psychology, we'll save that one for last. Now we'll take a look at Mondelez. When you look at the five-minute chart, it looked like the first price worked immediately, and then the second price worked as well. But that's not really what happened around the opening bell with Mondelez. It kind of did the funky cold Medina. Here's a picture of a one-minute chart, and look what happened. The opening print was 63.88, one penny above my number. It rips all the way up to a high of 64.67 before coming back into the number, then rips up again, and you can see what happened the rest of the time. So technically, the number worked. Technically, the second number worked, but when they come up one penny short on the open and then rip higher immediately, and I mean immediately, I was watching this one in real time. And then, I'm using the air quotes, I said, you gotta be shitting me. And that's a technical term, and you would expect me to say that. I'm a traitor. I'm not politically correct. Anyway, the takeaway is, the numbers work. About Xerox, how you doing? The number on the board, 2409, low of day, 24.08. About 50 cents on a $24 stock, that's about 2%, not bad. Supports the case that the numbers work. About Spotify, two numbers close together can make an equal case that either number was the number, and you can see what happened. It's the obvious. That was the zone. They came into the zone. Remember, they're headed for a destination. It's not a falling knife. Once they get to the destination, one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to hang around for a cup of coffee because there's another destination lower in this case, or they're going to turn around and go back in the other direction, which is what happened. That also supports the case that the numbers work. And by the way, if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm on a watermelon sugar high today. Now, Apple. Now, Apple worked, and that's basically the bottom line. We don't have to go any further on the chart in terms of the numbers. If you're painting by the numbers, you buy the first one, you buy the second one, your average is in the middle, you get the rocket ride higher, you take your profit and go about your business. But here was the story with Chad. We'll call him Trader Chad. I'm going to read you an excerpt from the email because it makes the point. He was in the trade, he bought both numbers, and he said, well, I took off at break even, meaning half, and then let the rest go at the first number for a gain, meaning he took an exit at the original entry. The question is, why is that his concern or his frustration is not being able to stay in? And I know that's a common problem. That's why we're talking about it. Here's the actual answer. My point to him is you have to break the habit and thinking this way. Because you're in the red for a while, your bad thoughts memory take over and you think it's going to get worse. You feel the pain and therefore once you see green, you're looking to relieve some of the previous pain then again, with a small gain, you call it a victory because you remember the red. How close am I? In Chad's case, the answer was spot on. It goes to a belief system. So until you believe that the numbers work, 
until you believe that on a regular basis, they're going to give you the minimum required base hit the majority of the time. If you just paint by the numbers and follow the rules. But in a trade, when you see money going up and down, you see green and red, it's very hard to feel that way. It's very hard to trade with a sense of calm. How do you get yourself pointed in the right direction? Trim down the amount of shares that you purchase. In order to do this effectively, you can't really do it on paper. You have to have stake in the game. You have to really feel what it feels like to be in a trade with capital at risk, but there's a happy medium. You have to do it with enough money where it means something. At the end of the day, you've made or lost money. You have to do it to where it's the right share size where if you take a loss, it's not that big of a deal. You're not really thinking about it later. It just is what it is. But you have to allow yourself the time and the patience to stay in the trade to let them do the thing. Here's a five-minute chart. Look what happened early in the morning. The first 10 or 15 minutes of the day, they're going lower, they're going lower, they're going lower. You're getting nervous. However, they never even went to the stop. So you have to assume a couple of things when you're in these trades. If, in fact, you're willing to take the trades, you have to believe at least a little bit that the numbers work. You have to believe that the stops are another important spot. They're there for a reason. You also have to have an understanding that just because something's selling in the first 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes in the morning, maybe even longer, that doesn't mean it's going to sell all day long. That does happen, but it's very rare. It's in the 20%, well within the 20%, it's actually a lot less than that, in the 80-20 rule of times that that happens. Most of the time, the selling is done in the first, let's say, 30 minutes of the day, maybe even extended to an hour of the day, the stock or the market will find some kind of a pivot, a morning low, that sounds familiar from inside the numbers, doesn't it? And then it will change direction as the selling subsides. That's mechanically just the way it works. You also have to take into consideration what stock you're trading. You could stay in a trade like Apple longer then you can stay in a trade like a company you never heard of before. Doesn't mean the trade won't work, but if it's a smaller company, something out of the mainstream, it's a different kind of trade sometimes. You're trading a different thing. Everybody owns Apple. Apple was never going to be $130 today. It just wasn't going to happen. And if it got below the low and below the stop, then you stop out. That's what stops are for. But the odds of Apple, unless it was getting crushed beyond belief before the bell, that's a different type of situation. But it was down a couple of bucks. It's no big deal. Look at the high and low on the daily chart. Apple moves a few bucks all the time. That's why it's a tradable opportunity. But the small stock you never heard of starts getting below the low. It starts getting below the stop. And all of a sudden, anything could happen with something you never heard of before. So that's why we have to be careful. We always have to exercise risk management, but the feeling or the look of Apple is different than some Chinese stock you never heard of before. Net-net, to circle back to the other thing, the first order of business is you have to have an understanding. You have to convince yourself. You have to have the belief that the numbers work. You have to look at these videos every single day. 
You have to look at stocks on the move. Don't look what happened in each five-minute increment while you were in the trade. Look what happened after the fact. Look at the bigger picture. If you're normally trading a position, for example, on Apple, let's say your normal position would have been equal to, let's just say, 500 shares, 400 shares, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Go down to 100 shares. Go to 75 shares until you can prove to yourself that you can stay in the trade because you've now convinced yourself that the numbers work. Hashtag stay in the trade. If it stops you out, it stops you out. But if it doesn't, stay in the trade until it does the deal. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Couple of things. So look at where the low of day was today. This is just uncanny, 217.40. It's just amazing what they'll do with 217.67. They closed slightly below it yesterday, so they created a gap. They gap above it, they come right back to run a test. Were they running a test at 217.67 or were they filling the gap? I'll leave that one for you to decide. Let them get up to 225, 225.50. I think that's a good spot. If they drill the market higher, across the board, let's just say into end of month, into early next week, through the Robinhood IPO that's upcoming, then look for the IWM to run a test of 223.50 and 225.50. In that zone, they should find, yes, overhead resistance. No change. And it's also no change that they started to move higher today. They've been eating time off the clock, and as long as they eat time off the clock, and stay above 217.67, then the thing is higher. Folks down at the transportation department, they're not saying broad-based rally ahead. No change, they're still melting away. Now that we're past midweek, we focus on the weekly chart. We wanna see where they close on Friday, it'll be interesting. Do they try and rally back toward the 20 period moving average, or do they continue melting away? Remember. My second favorite market leading indicator, A number one, canary in the coal mine, meaning it's trying to tell us something that's coming. The folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people, no problems here above all the moving averages. They're just eating time off the clock. We'll use yesterday's low as the bogey. As long as they're above that and the 20 period moving average, no problems here. We're gonna simply move it along. How about the XLF? No change to the chart look. No change to the chart pattern in the XLF. They're still eating time off the clock, building energy for another move higher until or unless they break down. They haven't broken down, so that's what's happening. We take the market and the charts at face value until they tell us something different. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, generally speaking, it's going to be a duck unless it turns out to be the ugly duck. The ugly duck represents in the 20% camp of the 80-20 rule. Smash mouth, any problems here? They got back above the 20 period moving average today, which puts them above all the moving averages by a smidgen, but above all the moving averages. Therefore, and you can see what's happening, it's really the same thing, but just different look. Same thing as the XLF we just discussed. They're just eating time off the clock running sideways, building energy for another push higher. The next push higher is to challenge the former highs. That's the setup in Smash Mouth. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. 
I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.